Changemakers, welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. In today's episode, I'm joined by incredible question asker and bold conversation champion, Carly Stevens, the Community Affairs Manager at Gas South. Carly has experience on both the corporate and the nonprofit side of social impact and uses that experience to lead Gas South's corporate citizenship, which includes philanthropic giving and employee community engagement. As you might have guessed, Carly is a firm believer in the importance of having bold conversations with your partners, building trust and credibility both internally and externally, and asking a variety of questions to discern the best way to move forward. She's about to be recognized as a top practitioner in the Leaders in Corporate Citizenship Awards in Atlanta, and she's joining us as a speaker at EHG 2022, our annual conference, also in Atlanta, in May. Join us in just a few minutes to learn how to have bold conversations with your partners, why the onus is on companies rather than nonprofits to champion these bold conversations, how Carly transformed her role from check presenter to setting company strategy, what she'll be talking about at EFG 2022, the importance of meeting people where they are, and three great resources to help you rethink and approach your work with empathy, compassion, and grace. One of my favorite quotes from today's conversation is, a bunch of magic waiting to happen. What is Carly referring to? Well, you'll just have to listen in to find out. This episode is brought to you by Gas South. Hey, Carly, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So excited to be back. You've been on the podcast before, as I just said, but for those of our listeners who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Gas South? Absolutely. Um, So I am the manager of community affairs at Gas South. And what that means is um, I oversee all of our philanthropic giving and employee community engagement, um, which is a ton of fun. We give 5% of profits back to children in need. And for 2022, that means I get to give over $3 million back to the community, which is uh, a great challenge to have. And I started in the nonprofit world um, here in Atlanta. I was a development uh, officer, so a fundraiser for United Way for quite a few years before I made the switch to giving away money instead of asking for it. I feel like that transition would give you a unique perspective because I think a lot of people in the social impact space have been, not everybody, of course, there's definitely crossover, but have been either on the nonprofit side or on the corporate side. And you have an experience on both. Yeah, it has been really interesting. And I think that lens has really helped me um, in my career at Gas South and hopefully to form some really great partnerships and have some great conversations um, and ask questions mm-hmm. that maybe if you've been in the CSR, the corporate social responsibility space for a long time and not on the nonprofit side, you don't know what to ask. Um, you know, so it's been, it's been fantastic for sure. I love it. Okay. So we're going to dive into some, some of these questions and some content shortly, but before we get there, our conference theme this year, because it's our 20th anniversary is this idea of looking back and looking ahead. And it's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on around it, but I want to ask you specifically, what were you doing 20 years ago? (laughs) I, I really had fun thinking about this the other day. And, um, so I was 18. And going on 19, Mm because I'm uh, almost 39 now. And I was in my second semester at college. Um, So just really getting my feet wet. And the thing I remember most, because it's February, is my high school sweetheart 
um, bought me a dress and shoes and came oh. up to college, uh, came up to my dorm room. He was not attending the college that I was uh, to take me out to dinner at like a fancy restaurant. Oh. Um, it was the most like romantic thing for, I mean, an 18 or 19 year old to do that. He bought me a dress and bought me shoes to take me out to dinner for Valentine. Um, no and I hadn't thought about that forever. So that was just kind of a fun little reminiscent reminiscent moment I had. But yeah, I was uh whoo, young and naive and um yeah, nowhere nowhere near where I am today. I was, you know, down I didn't have any tattoos at that time, which I do now. Um, <laughs> same. <laughs> same. <laughs> so um yeah, that was kind of fun. I did still have probably the same length of hair. Like I don't think I've ever cut my hair, but mm. That's probably the one thing that hasn't changed. Oh my <laughs> There's gosh. a lot more gray in it now, but the length was still the same. It's so much fun to look back and say, what was I doing at that point in time, whether it's 20 years or a different time span? Okay, so that is the looking back component. Looking ahead, you're joining us at EFG 2022 in May conference in Atlanta, your home area. Would you give us a little teaser about your session? What are you going to cover and why should people attend it? Absolutely. I'm so excited, by the way. This is going to be so fun just to be back together yes, um, with I'm ready. people and in this space. Me too. Um, I think, you know, what I'll be talking about, hopefully, is just really around um, making sure that we identify some of those great questions to ask our nonprofit partners and ask of ourselves um, in terms of how we're doing this and how we can do it better and how we can adapt to kind of the change that I think we're all feeling is coming. We just don't know exactly what it is or what it will bring. But what are some of those things that we can hopefully set ourselves up for success with um, in you know, identifying some ways in which we aren't being great partners? Um, mm -hmm. And it's not our own fault, right? It's things that we've inherited. There's a lot of history to how corporations give and why things are in place. But it's really just a session to sit back and, and dig deep into the why. Why do you do things this way? Why? Um, and keep asking that to see if some of those things can be changed for the better. And who do you think should attend? Or what's, what is the draw? For, I mean, I can think of a lot of, but I'm curious from your perspective, what do you think the draw is for this session in particular? Yeah, you know, I think it'll be really interesting. Of course, I hope it uh, pertains to everybody in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, kind of giving nonprofits a peek into this side. Because again, yep. if you've never been on the corporate side, you don't always know what's involved. Uh, you think it's really easy to give money away and actually quite challenging, um, <laughs> <laughs> which surprise. Um, but I also hope that it's for uh, those of us that are in this role too, to really think about, you know, I've been very lucky to have the position that I have in a company that's given me a lot of autonomy and flexibility in trying new things. And I know everyone has that opportunity. But taking some of these ideas um, and being able to say, Hey, you know what, I think I could ask a question why we do it this way here. I think right. our company might be receptive to that. Or, you know what, this is a space where I actually do have authority to make this decision. Because I know we don't always do. But I'm hoping this session will help CSR professionals too identify places where they can feel empowered to make some of these changes um, and, and really where they can maybe push the envelope a little bit too. 
So get ready to bring out a notebook. I feel like I'm going to want to take a lot of notes while I'm there. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, I hope so. I aspire to be, you know, somewhat helpful. <laughs> I can't imagine making up analysis. This is your, if I remember correctly, this will be your first time in t- attending an Engage for Good conference. Is that right? Yes, okay. it is. What yes, are you most is. excited about? Not oh, as a speaker, maybe, but also as an attendee. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so many things. Seeing people in person again, right? Just getting the energy of like being together. But I just think for CSR, ESG, whatever you're working with, it is just such an interesting time right now. I just feel it's being really held in this great tension of companies know they need to do it because there's this incredible pressure from stakeholders, customers, consumers, whoever, the public, right? Um, the younger generation. And it's just that kind of bubble. There's just this great tension um, in terms of like, what's going to happen? And and how are we going to move this forward? And, and what are we going to do together? I just think it's so exciting. So I just think this conference at this time um, is, yeah, is just a bunch of magic waiting to happen in terms of connections being made and ideas coming forth and people just being hopefully kind of open to that change. I think we all feel is currently happening and going to continue to happen. Okay. As I continue planning for conference, I'm just going to write myself a sticky note that says a bunch of magic waiting a bunch to happen. Of magic. I know I'm yes, a bunch of magic and conference snacks. I do love snacks. <laughs> so there's like a grazing table. It's my favorite thing. Like grab a granola bar. I know. know where to find you then. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If there's coffee out in the morning, Mm -hmm. I go first one there. Absolutely. And if there's any type of snacks in the afternoon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. So one of the things that you excel at is having what I'm going to call bold conversations with nonprofits and other partners. Do you have either a framework or tips you can share with our listeners on how they can do that themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first thing is I a lot of trial and error on my part. Um, so some of the things I've taken away is I've read a lot of Brene Brown's work. She is this, fabulous. By the way, um, really actually love her feedback checklist that you can find on her website at brenebrown.com, which has really helped me understand how to give constructive feedback. Um, I know that's always sometimes hard, whether it's with your own internally, um, whether it's with a nonprofit partner, whether it's, you know, you're trying to influence without authority, which is a lot of us who sit in the CSR space. Mm-hmm. We're not in the C-suite. We're not, you know, um, but we have to influence kind of corporate strategy. So that has done me a lot of good to actually read some of those things <laughs> in her books and that checklist. But I really think it's just about, you know, approaching things with a lot of grace, a lot of compassion, meeting people where they are. And reading between the lines, which is sometimes hard to do, but it's all about really listening to to what's being said um, and understanding that nonprofits and partners are even in a precarious situation. So it's all about empathy. I think we've heard a lot about that over the past couple of you know year of how leaders need to be empathetic, but yep. it really is. It's like, hey, we understand the situation that you're in. I understand what you need from me or what you want from me, but let's talk about what's really happening. You know, let's let's move all the sexy stuff away and like let's just talk about what's happening and then from there we can build into a conversation that's going to be mutually beneficial. But if we're not willing to kind of, you know, take away um 
I don't know, just some of those things that we always feel that we know, or, you know, just to sit down and really just have a cup of coffee with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, They're in the same position that we are. Um, And so approaching it from kind of meeting people where they are, I think is important. And that's easier said than done. You know, I'm not giving really tangible tactics. I apologize. Um, And part of it is I think my personality, like I just, I don't, I don't care necessarily. Like <laughs> what you see is what you get. And yeah. I, you know, so I'm very open. Um, and I am very comfortable with whatever comes out of my mouth, I stand behind. If people mm-hmm. like it or don't, like I say what I believe and they align with my values. And I think when you do things that align with your values that are true to who you are, that even if there's conflict or people don't agree, it's it's easier to stand in those moments and those bold conversations or those times of conflict because you're not conflicted yourself right. internally about what you're saying. You're comfortable with, with your position. So, you know, I get that a little bit internally sometimes. Um, I get that externally sometimes, but I'm, I'm confident in what I believe and what's true to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having those conversations become easier um, when you can do that. But not everyone has that luxury in in the position that they hold. So, right. So, do you think there's a difference in how nonprofits versus people on the corporate side should approach these conversations, or do you think it's a lot of? I mean, I'm sh- like empathy, of course. Meeting people where they are is going to be the same on either side. But do you see any other any differences? I do. I mean, I think the onus really should be on the corporations to have these bold conversations because understanding from the nonprofit side that they're in this situation that if they, they say or do, or, you know, they say the wrong thing or Mm -hmm. start these bold conversations with a, with a corporation, that's a risk that they just, they can't always take, right? Like they have people to serve. They have needs that need to be met in the community. And if they say the wrong thing or um, approach a company the wrong way, and that means losing funds or a decrease in funds, like they just, they can't take that chance, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some of them that might. And yep, I think the some, younger generation, but... right. As younger, uh, as younger, lovely people kind of get into the space, I think those conversations will happen more and more. But um, I think the onus is on the corporation. So us and our roles, we're the ones that really need to ask why. Why do we do things the way we do? Why are we requiring these things from our nonprofits? What is this really benefiting? Is it benefiting us? Is it benefiting them? Is it benefiting the community? And again, as long as you're comfortable and your values align in doing what you're doing. So if it is like, hey, this partnership that I have with this nonprofit is beneficial for us, the company, because there are things that we want to accomplish and this nonprofit is helping us kind of live that out. If that's what you're comfortable with, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you know that this partnership is for, then great. Like, that's wonderful. But if your goal is something else, um, you know, in how you think about impact and how you think about helping your community, then the onus is on you to say, you know what? It might not be beneficial for us to send 100 employees out for that day of service to repaint that wall for the thousandth time. Like that's not, I'm not quite sure who that's benefiting. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe let's ask the nonprofit, does this help you? You know, is this taking time and resources away from you? Because you have to staff this Saturday. What might be more helpful than this? Correct. How might I deploy a hundred of our employees in a different way 
that might help you. That's outside of the let's put on our corporate t-shirts, hashtag it and post it on social media. I mean, that's something I say all the time that rubs people the wrong way. And I get that because there is a place for that. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I just think we're not having the conversations that always need to be had. And it needs to be on the corporation side. Because if the nonprofit comes to me and they don't know, we don't have that really strong partnership. They don't know me. And they say like, hey, this is taking time and money and resources and we can't host you or your employees to do this. Well, then I might say, well, I need to find a nonprofit who can. So there goes my $10,000 in support because if you can't do it, I need to find somebody else to do it because that's what's important to me. Like you have to have those conversations of, of what the import, what you're trying to accomplish. What are you, what are you trying to do? Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And having those. And again, I think it's, you know, the CSR professionals, the ESG professionals, we're the ones that need to have those. And we need to get clear internally too with our leadership to make sure we know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, Because if we're not, then that's just a whole nother world of mess that we have to deal with. Have you read of, read or heard of the book? um, What is it? Think Again by Adam Grant. No, I like this though. I just started and it talks about some of the elements that you're talking about, but it's this whole idea of once we're taught how to do something or once we have a specific belief in in our personal lives or really in our work lives, that's how things are done. And as humans, one of the biggest things that we can do to advance personally and professionally is to rethink some of the things that we hold as the standard. Or yeah. like, why do we do this? How should we do it differently? So it, it reminds me of this conversation we're having. So I'm going to drop a link to that and yes. to Brene Brown's feedback checklist in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Okay, so shifting gears a little bit. We've talked about bold questions. We've talked a lot about questions. You've also transformed a CSR role from one that's more of a, we'll call it a check presenter, to actually setting company strategy. How'd you do it? Yeah, that was not necessarily easy. It takes a lot of time. I, I didn't think honest. it would be. No, I mean, again, I think it's it's having those conversations, right? And having them respectfully. This is where the Renee Brown mm-hmm. checklist comes into play. Because, you know, when I came into the role at Gas House, things were done a certain way, right? And like, this is how we've done it. This is how we've always done it. So your role is now to continue to do it. And it's like, well, why do we do that? But asking those questions respectfully of, okay, so presenting checks. Okay, I, I get it, right? There is that marketing component. Um, there's that uh, feel-good component to it. But looking at it, it was like, listen, we're doing a lot of check presentations, but they're like for 2,500 bucks. Like, okay. I'm not quite sure that's really impactful. Like, let's start talking to the people that we're presenting these checks to and asking them, what does $2,500 do for you? Mm-hmm. Does it do anything? Like, what do you really need? Like, let's, let's think about that. So, you know, the first step was really, hey, we're giving 90 organizations twenty-five dollars to $5,000 $5, and doing all these check presentations. But like, what, what would it look like if we could whittle that down just a little bit, create some focus so that we can have some bigger check presentations? Let's, let's start there. Because no one really cares about us giving $2,500 over here or over there. Yep. So again, it's really just kind of asking that why. And then as we started to do things a little differently, not focused on the check presentations and not focused on, you know, putting out social media about ourselves a lot, um, it started to become more organic, right? Our partners were excited Mm -hmm. about how we were engaging with them differently. 
and loving it. And then they were the ones that were starting to lift us up in social media and give us, you know, recognize us at their luncheons or their galas or whatever. And so we were accomplishing the same thing in terms of what our leadership was kind of looking for or marketing was looking for in terms of recognition and brand awareness. But we were just doing it a little differently instead of us cultivating that or creating that, curating that moment. It was being done for us because we were doing things a different way. And that's how I kind of preferred it. But I do think the one thing we have to remember is you always have to kind of honor the way it was done. Take time to That's learn a really how it good point. used to be done and why it was done that way so that you know that when you start to change things, you're bringing people along with you, right? Like you're not just coming in. I know how to do it better. I've learned this the hard way. I know how to do it better. Let's just go ahead and change it. It should be, okay, how did you do it? Why did you do it? Let me understand where you were coming from when you made those decisions to set this in place. Okay, what of those things are valuable in terms of how we can then move forward and change it, but still hold true to kind of what the initial intention was, right? Like you get really clear on that. You ask leadership those questions of like, okay, it was for brand awareness at the beginning because Gas South wasn't known very well when we started in 2006. We didn't have market share. Like that's what the community component was. Now that we're big enough, let's have the conversation around, let's let our marketing department carry that torch of brand Mm -hmm. awareness now and market share. That's great. Let's focus on who are we and who do we want to be in the communities that we're in? And then what does that look like in terms of community affairs? And how do we do that better in CSR? And so it's just understanding where do you come from? Take the time to do it. You build credibility and trust when you do that so that when you try to do new things, They understand that you've taken the time and you're honoring what's been done so that they kind of trust you and have that credibility to kind of hold that and and take it with you as you move forward. Because if you just come in and start changing things, you don't have credibility, you don't have trust, and you can really shoot yourself in the foot. And say you're going to ruffle some serious feathers. Yeah, and not in a good way. Yeah, Yeah. correct. (laughs) You mentioned that this was kind of a longer process. How, what does the timeline look like? In your experience, not that it's the you know, same for everybody, but I'm curious about what it looked like for you. Sure. So, I mean, I've been in this role for five years, mm-hmm. um, but it started long before that because I, as a fundraiser for United Way, Gas Health was one of my accounts. I oh. used to run. I All used right. to run their United Way campaign for a couple of years. So, honestly, it started with building those relationships, <laughs> asking them for money you know, finding out who they were, understanding their corporate values. I mean, that was one of the reasons I chose to try to switch to corporate specifically to them. I love this company. I love what they do. I love who they are. I love their leadership. Um, And so, you know, it really did take a long time. And I think sometimes that's hard to hear um, because I know in, in this day and age, it's very much like, you know, I want what I want right now. And if I'm not going to find it now, there's going to be a company that's going to give it to me. So, you know, there's just a lot of transition. People don't stay in one place for very long. But it doesn't mean that you have to have your career at one spot. It just means that you have to understand like it does take time. It does take a lot of work. You have to prove yourself. You have to build trust. You have to build that credibility. And for me, it's been over the course of the past, you know, man, seven years, seven, eight years to be able to kind of be where I am now. Um... And I know it's going to take a lot longer to get where I want to go too. So, you know, you just got to got to be clear who you are, what you want, 
you know, is, is what you're pursuing aligning with your values. And then if so, time doesn't necessarily matter as much, but yeah, it's taken a minute. Understandably. Do you have any, I mean, I could talk to you for hours and hours, but (laughs) podcasts are shorter for a reason. Do you have any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? You know, I just think it's really about kind of staying true to, to who you are. I mean, I am so excited about this space, about corporate social responsibility as we move forward. I mean, I see Ebony Beckwith, who is now like chief of operations at Salesforce, and she was their chief philanthropy officer. I mean, she's in the C-suite. She created this position that is in the C-suite. And I think it's so important to know that the shift is changing and the generation that's coming is expecting corporate social responsibility, ESG, however you want to frame it, that that is how you do business. That it is not a department. It is not an arm. It is how you do business. And I am just so excited um, about that. I think there's lots of different ways then to get engaged in the space. You don't have to be in a particular CSR role to do it. Like you can be in whatever role in your company and be a part of, of the social responsibility, the, the ESG stuff. Um, and so I think that that's like what's so exciting is don't wait for, you know, this role in a company if this is what you're passionate about. You can infuse it in whatever department, in whatever space, in whatever role you're currently in. And you just can get really creative about how you want to do that. Um, bloom where you're planted, right? Like, don't wait for that opportunity. I've been told that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, just bloom where you're planted, calm down, take a breather. Um, but I think there's there's a lot of, um, I do, I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. I think so too. And it also reminds me that especially if you work in a different team, and you want to end up in this space, it can be really hard to break in. There's a lot of job description. I mean, networking is the best way to do it, in my opinion. But there's a lot of job descriptions out there that want you to have three, five, 10 years of experience in the space. And it can be hard, but that doesn't mean that wherever you are now, you can't make a difference and start having some of those conversations, which will ultimately Absolutely. help you get to where you want to be. Absolutely. So start getting engaged in your company's um you know, ERGs, if they Mm -hmm. have employee resource groups, start getting engaged in volunteerism, Um, you know, start really inserting yourself in those community spaces that your company already has. Start being visible there. You don't have to be, you don't have to be in the volunteerism department. You don't have to be in the CSR department to to make that impact um, or carry out this work. So we have hit the end of our time. Carly, mm-hmm. this has been fabulous. I cannot wait to see you in person. We've talked quite a bit, but actually meet you in person in Atlanta at the conference in May. But until then, where can listeners learn more about you and Gas South if they want to do that? Absolutely. So you can visit the Gas South website, certainly uh, gassouth.com, all one word. We're on Facebook. We're on Insta. Uh, myself, personally, I have deleted almost all my social media accounts except for LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me at LinkedIn and it's Carly Stevens with a PH. Wonderful. Well, Willie, will include that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. And Carly, I'm looking forward to seeing you and all of our listeners who are joining us at conference in May. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Allie. I've had a great time. 
The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Balloon Planet and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing that you can do to support Engage for Good is to simply share the show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening.